But like every time the weather gets cute outside, I have an issue with the flowers blooming and the pollen coming and attacking my face and everything else on my fucking body. I mean, you cute, Earth, <laughs> but you ain't that cute. <laughs> you cute. <laughs> yeah, you you cute enough. So, <laughs> uh, well, welcome back, classmates. Another episode. Um, some more guests again. We're gonna let y'all introduce yourselves. Hi everyone, it's B Fitz. Okay. Great, and it's your girl Celeste, and we are two out of three of the hosts of I Slay the Podcast. Yes, yes, yes. welcome guys. We're so excited to have I Slay the Podcast on here. We're going to be talking about some really great things on here, so stay tuned. And we're going to kick it off with our opening question like we always do. Mm -hmm. And so, um, what is something that you want to see come back in style? (sighs) Hmm. Are we talking about aesthetically or you know, something like a personality? So, something, <laughs> so something I actually want to see come back in style is people actually making their own clothes. Mm. When I was a kid, I grew up with an aunt that would make all of my dresses. And now, as an adult, I'm trying to get back into sewing again. Because um, all of those things I forgot because we just go to the store and buy everything. Yeah. But mm. You can always make those pieces unique because everything's so basic now in the store. Girl, mm, please. I'm talking about Fashion Nova and all of them. <laughs> I mean, I took some digs, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Rainbow. <laughs> Fashion Nova. My bad. My bad. <laughs> um, Who do I want to see? Huh. Well... I was over at my friend's house yesterday, and um, she was playing CDs. Now, I know they fully go back out of style, mm. but, like, can we bring them back, though? I still got my CDs, and people complain about them. I really? love them. They need to. Because, like, y'all y'all try to be real cute and put your vinyl and stuff on. Like, oh, my God, Childish Gambino on vinyl. Like, y'all <laughs> not that cute. Skip the vinyl, boo. Like, we got a shorter version. Get that CD back up on there, okay? Like, what's wrong with the CD? Like, all everybody car has, like, a, C, a six-disc place. What is it? A six-disc changer now yeah. still? Yeah. With the MP3 and the aux cord. Like, come on, y'all. Y'all don't even buy no CDs no more. Like, I definitely appreciate the whole essence of a CD. There are some CDs that I could just enjoy the whole way through. Now, like, something, sometimes I, I put it on my, you know my phone and stream it on like Spotify or somewhere but like take me back to the days where I could just bump a Neo Mm -hmm. and just go straight through because the CD was just so good yeah oh yeah yeah that's a vibe Mine's similar to yours. I want um, real R&B music back. Because now everybody's doing the Snaps mumble to the R&B to match the mumble hip-hop and, and the whole style of R&B and the way that like 
you talked about dating somebody in R&B and like none of that's happening no more yeah. like at all I would love for that to come I back. mean Trap Soul too is like getting getting a little wave you know along with the trap music I mean it, it kind of yeah you're right like R&B I, I always think about like that debate like is R&B dead or whatever yeah. like and I don't think it's dead I, I think mean, R&B can never be dead no and I, I mean it's I don't so think essential. it's dead but now we are like going off into different avenues though yeah. like it's not the same core R&B that it oh, used no. to be that we grew up with. Yeah. Well, well, now, I mean, one of the biggest things, not to get too religious, but the churches are trying to find a way to bring in younger audiences. And so they're doing things that are kind of a little bit innovative, I think are a little tacky, but they're doing... Like, <laughs> 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 my girl. Uh, trap they, gospel? They doing, yes, they're yes. doing Christian trap. Yes, they are. And I'm like, hold up, why did you just skip a beat on Jesus? The thugs, so need, the thugs need God too, Brian. Like the, God, the thugs need God too. Okay. Uh, you know? <laughs> I'm just saying, look, I can get my Holy Ghost about all that. That's all yeah. I'm just saying. So maybe it's, it's 90s R&B I'm talking about. Okay. Because I think there are, there, there are different levels of the R&B. Yeah. But yeah. Man, we talked about this too. Oh yeah, I wish we could just throw away Mumble Rap. Just pick it up, just Ooh, toss it in the trash. I don't understand what it is. I can't even put it on Rosetta. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, sis, what's going on? Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> Subtitle to one of the early 2000 CDs, you know, them DVDs that had the, the little ball going across. Can't figure nothing out, or even we'll at least be able to find out what they're saying. Because remember how the, the CDs used to come with booklets with all the lyrics? With in the it? Yes. Oh my god, you wow, talking about going me back, back. going home, fighting to open the CD over yes. and then smell the fresh yes. thing and be like, I saw a little worse. You had to get through the tape on yes. the top, the bottom, and the side underneath the plastic. Yes. Yes. Come through with the booklet, they got a whole um. Yeah. Photo shoot with the lyrics on the back, yeah. like you having a whole vibe, and then you sitting there listening, like I can't see the, the reading the words as yes. the song goes. So. You didn't have to look yeah. it up on the internet. Yeah. It, it was simple. So yes. Many times you don't scratch the CD. Now you got to uh, grab the rubbing alcohol. Yeah. 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 My ass wore that Mariah Carey album <laughs> out in the two thousands. Okay, and before. Yeah. Because when she did the remember the Prince, what was it called? The Prince. It's not the Prince in me. Remember the Prince of Egypt? Yes, yeah, Prince of Egypt. I had yeah. that too. Oh, okay. my God. Mm-hmm. Will you believe? Yes, uh, yes. Woo, you better stop it. Come on. <laughs> Whitney took my whole wig off. <laughs> I said, where's the scout? <laughs> oh, God. Not the scout. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh. oh, wait. What about yours, B-Fits? Me? Um, you know what? I'm going to go into fashion. Okay. Because I've seen some things, and uh, I'm just saying personal. It's not a personal attack to some people. It mm-hmm. is. But the whole point. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> some people, if you're listening, it's you. But they do an overabundance of neon. Ooh. Mm. Yeah. I've seen some of that. Like, I see it ready to wear on the runway. Mm-hmm. Like, every season's a little touch of neon. Like, Louis Vuitton does, you know, a little bit, of, you know, a little neon mm-hmm. in their bags and stuff. But I've seen people do like the blazer that's neon and the turtleneck that's neon. And the neon, neon, and neon. The nails. And, and the nails. I'm like, sis, turn the lights off. Baby, you a whole glow. You a whole glow. A lot of them, you know, the lava lamps. Mm-hmm. You remember them? They glowed up. Yeah, yeah the little ball that used to go and float up and down. Yeah. Bloop, 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 bloop. Yes. It is ridiculous. So that's my thing. I think that we need to tone that down. <laughs> Give us some more, what, pastels or some yes. softness? Yes. Yeah, to balance out Something. the neon. I just, please, don't do it. Please. Just start, keep the turtle and leave, you know, the blazer at home. Right. I mean, it's nighttime, sis. Like You know, we're taking a walk and the dog is confused, too. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm like, you know what? Friskies, I'm sorry. Okay? I don't know what to say. At least we won't get hit. Oh my gosh. Uh, I didn't you won't get it. hit, but you might cause an accident, though. <laughs> <laughs> Look, and then the neighbor next door, I think I saw a glare. <laughs> you know. I did not expect this opening question to go uh, so left wow. and then circle back around and go right. Like, this is how we are on our podcast. Oh, yeah. This is why we literally can't record 15 minutes of one segment and go on. Because we go on tangents For three hours. But we love it. We love it. So, I wanted to move on and get to the honor roll. Um, I wanted to give a nice little shout out to a few people who have showed us some love on social media. Um, we did a couple black and women business blasts for like the last couple months and some people have just been loving it so I wanted to shout you guys out so we have S. Renee Long Les Petites Perles Parisiennes <laughs> bitch I got my French together okay I got my French together okay he don't say I be French for no reason soul eclectic and then we have um short Cuts to success. Um, official spade or spadey D. I don't know. You put hella emojis. Good for you. <laughs> you know how to use your keyboard real well. Um, Planet underscore famous. We definitely shouted them out anyway because we did the um, <laughs> Tatiana by Tony Oh, Braxton. they back? Yeah, they oh, said appreciate the repost, Maybe. but we loved your song because that shit had us going off. It's so, everything. Yeah. And I slay underscore, <laughs> underscore pod, which mm-hmm. you guys are here. So, yeah, well, yes. two out of three of you guys are here. Yes. So, shout you guys out. Um, oh, Jay Bird, how you doing, girl? Miss you. Hey. Um, Real.positive.music, CCG.marketing, and Hodekin underscore beats. First of all, don't keep trolling us with your beats, niggas. Don't okay, do we don't care that much. Leave us alone. We don't care that much. Do something for free out here instead of keep trying to promote y'all asses. But anyway. Uh, okay. <laughs> and then we had um, Piper Berry Skin, Simply Natural Nessa, Michelle Um, She going to change up all her names with all these underscores, Michelle <laughs> Um <laughs> Supple Renewal. We did a post on them um, talking about their soaps, this Atlanta-based um, soap and beauty mm. regimen um, maker. So, and then Evolution helps. So, thank you guys for participating in the, you know, camaraderie on our social media. We like it. Woo-woo! You made the honor roll. Yeah, you made Come it. Come on now. It's for the quarter part time. Let me get my red pen. I feel like somebody's in for detention. So, it's report card time now. Okay. Ooh, time to do some grades. Time to do some grades. So, who are we going to talk about first? Mm, that's a lot. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, a lot of How about this? I'll start it off first. Okay. okay. And so here's, this isn't news, but apparently it's news. So we know that for the longest time that um, Chick-fil-A is a faith-based Christian organization. And so we learned probably a few years ago that they are anti, anti-LGBTQ. And so um, I think most people learned it after the, um, I forgot the name of the club that was in Florida. Um, after it was Pulse, oh. Pulse after yeah. Pulse, and then they were like, "Hey, we still don't um, condone what you do, but we're still gonna donate some sandwiches and support you, all right." And then that's when everybody was like, "Oh, they not that bad." And it's mm-hmm. like, "Nah, they still that bad." Yeah. <laughs> and so then they found they, we found out a couple years later that not only were they Christian based and anti queer, but also they were taking their money and giving it to conversion groups, um, conversion Ooh. therapy. Big no. Oh my gosh. So now what has happened is it's basically 
they try to finagle their money so it looks different, so they're not giving it to the they conversion They try to wash groups, the money. But they're giving it now to groups that are still anti-LGBTQ. And so they've given $1.8 million of their money to other groups that still don't fuck with queer people. So, let's talk about it. And I also want to know, because everybody knows it, but everybody still be going to Chick-fil-A. Hello? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Come on, it's not like it was lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> And that Polynesian, woo, <laughs> hits the soul. Oh, I mean, I'm very torn sometimes. Um, because I think about, I do think about when I go in there, but then, like, their customer service, like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm telling you, man, like, it's like, it's like. Why are you chickmatized? <laughs> I don't fucking know, man. Like, I don't, I feel like I'm on, uh, like, a Pavlov's dog experiment, some shit. Like, oh, on, you see the commercial, honey, you see the commercial, you see oh, that, that chicken slide across that screen, and you, and here you go, Polynesian okay. sauce with the chicken the Polynesian, sauce, that and one the fry, oh. you know what I'm saying? Like, you hooked and you just, like, salivating, you think about that shit, like, yeah, I'm gonna go get me one right now, or, like, and a chicken sandwich. Doing that shit. You ain't gotta leave your house. Yo, I can order the Asian salad <laughs> and have it at my door. Listen, y'all feel like y'all doing a commercial for them now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I no, know. I did kind of take it. Okay. I did. I all took it shade. a different way. But mostly, I, I wanted to say that just because, like, I, you know, we get lost in the advertising and, and you know, what their products are. Like, yeah, they do have some good products, but when your message behind it is so destructive to our communities, like, why do we continue to support? Like, We've we've been having, like, a lot of debate about certain individuals, you know what I'm saying? Like, R. Kelly and now Michael Jackson, these different mm-hmm. individuals, or and like Bill Cosby, that were separating the art from the person, mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever the case may be. But, like, why aren't we doing more... I'm asking this for myself, honestly. I'm asking myself, why am I not doing more to be... An an ally to queer people, to the LGBT, the LGBTQ plus uh, community, a, yes. yeah, and you know, not support this. Like why? Like why am I so stuck on this? I don't know if y'all can answer these questions, but it's complicated. Yeah, because even when I lived in California and I went, to, I hadn't been to Chick Fil A forever because there weren't that many around. Because In and Out Burger is king, but mm-hmm. I would literally see people in line who identified as gay and are like, you know, I know they don't support me, but these nuggets, baby, I can't. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. But I, I feel like if they had McDonald's customer service, a lot of people wouldn't support them. But I right. personally, I don't eat at Chick-fil-A as much as I used to. No. Like, I'm more of a Chipotle kind of girl. You know, and if something happened with Chipotle... I mean, problems. it did before. Well, yeah, we had two outbreaks. equal uh, outbreaks, okay? <laughs> oh, I wasn't here for that. I was in Cali chilling, so I, we was good. Well, I wasn't there. That was a nationwide I thing. I wasn't there. Cali was good. We was good. <laughs> 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 we was good. They gave me my free bowls. I was good. We had no problems over there. And see, also, the thing about it is, like, you brought up a really good point of, like, mm-hmm. the McDonald's and everything. And you go to McDonald's, you go through, they say the ice cream machine is broken. You go to Chick Fil A like, hi, how are you? Welcome to Chick Fil A. You know, they update. My it's pleasure. Up yes. Hey, yes. My pleasure. If yes. it's two minutes late, they crying at your door. That's right. You know, they want to they offer you an extra fry, whatever. And so. I'll take it. 
can take it. I'm hungry, always. Yeah. And I think that what they're offering, too, is not the same. Like, there's not other fast food places that have waffle. There maybe are, but not, like, a major one that has, like, the waffle fries that you mentioned, the Polynesian sauce, the, like, those kind of things. Well, just the quality of food in general. Yeah. When it comes down to, like, like when when you compare McDonald's and Chick-fil-A, you know. There's no comparison, really. Okay, but look. We're going to put it on the table and compare them. Oh. So, when you're comparing their food, like, the food quality is completely different, oh, you know? Mm-hmm. Not only is the experience different when you walk into their restaurants, but the food quality in general is different. And I'm just thinking, like, on a grand scale, we have a lot of companies that they don't necessarily have the best practices, but we still continue to support them. Like, you know, mm-hmm. Walmart. Like, it's a bunch of large companies that oh, still yeah. get our money. I don't know, like, what do we have to do differently to it's change it? It's us saying that we need to change it and not be lazy and look for somewhere else to shop for or, or exactly. do a thing because there's an extra step that we have to do. And it's like, I'm used to doing this. I'm mm-hmm. used to this particular taste. I'm used to this particular price. If I don't go to Chick-fil-A, then I might have to go an extra couple of miles and that's extra yeah. gas and stuff. And so it's like, how tired of it are you and how, like, much of, like, Whatever that is, ally, or even if it affects you directly, I'm yeah. not like, I'm not going to take this no more. You're not going to get my money. I think a lot of it is subconscious, too. Like, you you know, you don't realize how selfish you could be mm-hmm. and stuff like this and being a creature of habit. Yeah. You know, like you were saying, it's basically being a creature of habit. Like, yeah. you're used to doing this X amount of days, you know, during the week, mm-hmm. and it's convenient for you. Yeah. You know, so you do it, and it's like, okay, it is what it is. But it all goes back to, like you were saying earlier, um, Erica, you know, when you're saying you want to learn how to sew again, mm-hmm. we need to start becoming more creative in what we do and mm-hmm. kind of bringing back the things that we believe in yeah. and incorporating what yeah. makes us comfortable with it, mm-hmm. you know, and stop supporting these companies. Because back in the day, you know, like Coretta, Coretta Scott King, Martin Luther King, all these civil rights leaders, they said, okay, I get on the bus. Mm-hmm. I'm not considered equal as my white counterpart, but I'm paying the same amount to be on this bus. And you're telling me that I'm in a section mm-hmm. and you're not telling me, you're like, you're telling me I basically sit in this particular section in the back mm-hmm. and I can't sit in the front, but I'm paying just like everybody else is. That's not okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So guess what I'm about to do? We're about to carpool. Whoever has a car, I'll pay you, whatever. We're going to do what we can do to make it work. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to support the bus systems. Mm-hmm. And that's how you do. You hit them with the money. Yeah. Just like um, there was actually a fundraiser campaign for um, soul food markets. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually going to be a black owned grocery store with produce from black owned farmers. Everything in there is going to be black owned, black owned bread companies, black owned soda companies, whatever you can find in a traditional grocery mm-hmm. store is going to be in that store. Um, and I kind of think that that's kind of where it starts. So it starts with people building their own, people supporting, like, super cent donated, like, a lot. They got, like, over a quarter million dollars, so they have enough money for infrastructure, and then they're going to be fundraising for salaries for everybody for, like, a couple years Mm -hmm. to be able to hire people to actually work there. So that's why I definitely think that the conversation kind of starts, is that, like, if we had an alternative to Mm Chick-fil-A that was, you know, because everybody starts somewhere. Like, I would rather drive out of my way for a chicken sandwich from a black-owned business Mm -hmm. that does, even if it's sweet potato waffle fries, that would be bomb. Oh, I'm down. Because I just went to the... Don't say that too loud, somebody. (laughs) 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 I just went to the the natural, um, like, black hair care expo yesterday. And I found, like, there's a black-owned uh, energy drink company. And I drink energy drinks like crazy. And they're mm. only 89 cents. He was giving them out for free. 
And I was like, oh, this has all the same ingredients but half the sugar and it's only 89 cents. See? So now I'm going to be buying from him. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like starting to kind of do the research to find those places that sure. do the same thing but you're circulating the dollars in our own communities. Nice. Yeah, and that's part of the reparations too because honestly, we're starting to get to a point in this country where we're able to produce things like that. And we, considerably speaking, with the history of this country, mm-hmm. are a lot further back than the other communities. Mm-hmm. Because Jewish communities support each other like that, mm-hmm. too. They purchase these businesses. They have generations of family that come in and take ownership. Mm-hmm. Same thing for Asian communities. Mm-hmm. You know, So why not have a black-owned enterprise? In a chicken spot, in particular. Like, that's the shit that we love. Don't get me started right. on that, because... While we're talking about fast food, KFC and Popeyes are not black owned. Mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. And then we sit there and eat and order from them. Anyway. Let's grab this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so uh, I'm giving a big fat red F to Chick fil A okay. still. Um, I'm going to go ahead and like give the grade in advance to everybody who's like, I'm going to change and do something better. I'm not going to go to Chick fil A anymore. I'm mm-hmm. going to just quit cold turkey or I'm going to go to somewhere else and replace it. You, whoever's doing that, you get an A for that. So I'm giving it to you in advance. You can sit there and say, I'm going to start next week. You get an A in advance. Oh, cool. All right, I'll go next. So um, my topic for the day was about the death of a young fifth grade student in South Carolina. She actually passed away after getting into an altercation in school. And um, the parents of that community are furious because... The school board isn't releasing any information about what's going on, investigating her death and, you know, this fight. Um, It's a lot going on with these schools um, and they're not their lack of transparency when it comes to these students. Like, you know, public schools, I get it. You know, we don't pay money for these students to go to school. But at the same time, like we have our children going to these schools and. We are expecting a certain, you know, we're expecting them to come home and, you know, actually learn something and not be physically assaulted or even sadder, like, not come home that day because they're deceased. Oh, she died in school. She she died after, oh, actually, I should explain that more. So, she got into the altercation at school. Um, the school administrators, you know, broke up the fight or whatever, but the child was... Um, not unresponsive, but she was she was looking sick after the fight, so they sent her to the school nurse. And after that, um, she was sent to the emergency room where she later passed away in the hospital. Wow. Yeah. And just the heaviness of that story, this child was 10 years old. You know, she's a little girl. And for her mom and her dad to not come home to their child at the end of the day and you know then Mm -hmm. ask questions about what happened while that child was in the care of the school and then the school is not answering the questions and the school board thinks that it's okay for them to not answer those questions because they're still conducting this you know investigation it's like it's it's unfair you know so I wanted to talk about this not only because of the death of this child but we always have, I, I always see stories and incidents of um, parents wanting to find out information from the school boards across the country, mm-hmm. especially in Baltimore City, you know, where they're trying to figure out things that are going on in these schools, and then the school board is just like zip lit over it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I wanted to get y'all take on it. 
Well, um, you know, we have a Secretary of Education that was appointed by Donald Trump that doesn't know how to answer questions correctly. <laughs> um, she doesn't support the Special Olympics, which is a whole other topic. Uh. But the, the point I'm trying to make is is that she's a big supporter, coming mm-hmm. from a billionaire family, of uh, charter schools, which is a little bit different from public because mm-hmm. they take more mm-hmm. donation. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole principle of it is that when it comes to people making donations and stuff, it makes it even more difficult for you to find out certain things, like particularly if your child's being bullied and who it's by. Mm-hmm. And if that's hard, then why would you think a public school would be harder? But it is. And it's really disgusting. That's why Project Baltimore, which is through Fox 45, tries to do a lot of research and tries to, particularly with North Avenue in Baltimore, but they're doing it all over. And yeah. we did cover this story with this young girl because it, it is tragic. She was a victim of bullying. She mm-hmm. was assaulted. She died as a result of it. Your parent, you know, the parents are there at the hospital. Mm-hmm. She dies as a result of this, and you cannot get absolutely any answers as mm-hmm. to why. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it would feel as a parent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it's disgusting mm-hmm. that something like this mm-hmm. will happen. And the issue that we have here, particularly in Baltimore, is very similar. There are other kids who have died yeah. as a result of being assaulted and attacked, stabbed. Yeah. And North Avenue does absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. A lot of these people roll up into the you know into that building with Rolls Royces and you know just exotic cars, and you try to f- figure out okay, well you make all this money, but what are you doing? Yeah. What exactly are you doing? Yeah. And you have these documents, particularly with Project Baltimore, they try to release. They've been redacted, mm-hmm. and they had to literally go through the court to get those documents, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like to actually get them. Yeah, and I've seen so. with Project Baltimore too. Like I follow them, um, you know, from time to time. I've seen cases where. They've gone into those council meetings and those school board meetings and the board members are walking and leaving as the parents are talking, you know? So, like, what is the issue? Like, why are you sitting here not doing your job, number one? Number two, you're not protecting these children at all. What the fuck are you here for? Why? Well, you have superintendents that are also, you know, so used to, you know, corrupting the system and, and taking money. And working on deals. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have Berletta White. I don't think she's actually been considered the superintendent. She, she's a, what do you call um, The interim. The interim. Yeah. Yeah, she's interim. She's still interim. I don't know what that's all about mm-hmm. at this point. But you have so many things like that. So much corruption is going on behind the scenes. They yeah. don't have, they're not putting enough time into figuring out issues like this. Mm-hmm. You know? I don't know. What are we going to say on this? Well, I think that if their paychecks were affected by their ability to do their job well it would be a different story or even like i went to western and in my school if you fought regardless of what year it was if you bullied somebody they took away stuff from you like you at western we had two diplomas you had your regular high school diploma and you have your western diploma the western diploma requires a lot more credits Mm -hmm. but you wanted that western diploma because you wanted the name they would take away that diploma from you, the second the Western diploma. You wouldn't have the ability to walk across the stage. And you also couldn't go to junior prom, senior prom, even in, but you were still expected to pay your dues. Mm. So that meant that we didn't have any fights it's accountability during the four years because it was an accountability for the students as well because it was also the responsibility of the school to have rules in place in order to protect the children, but also have people in the built like if the fight got to the point where that child was knocked unconscious or beat up so bad to the point where they would have to go to the emergency room where was the teacher right because even if we were in gym and in the locker room if we were there too long 
in there too long. What y'all doing? Mm-hmm. Hey, everybody dressed? Get dressed. Come on. What, what y'all doing? Mm-hmm. Somebody was yeah. constantly checking in. Because at the end of the day, these are children. Children, especially with all the reality TV stuff that they see and everybody <laughs> fighting and popping off. No consequences. They think they can do the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. And... You know, it's, it's all about accountability. It's holding these people responsible because even with schools, it's a business. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not That's about, right. each kid has a dollar sign on their back. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's not about educating them. It's about how much money can I get, say it's for them to benefit me. Mm-hmm. And yep. once we change that focus to start holding these people accountable, that's when the real change can occur. Because yeah. there's no reason why this child should have died. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My heart goes out to the family. For like, sure. sending your kid to school where you think that they're probably the safest place that you think they can be besides at home. And then you find out that they end up passing away at school and you can't even figure out the reason why. Yeah. Like, which is also, there's no such thing as closure. But then, like, Mm-mm. that's even further from closure in their situation. Yeah, would have burned the whole school down. I mean, well, I'm, I'm, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like this is stuff that brings insanity. Yes, yeah. it does. And I cannot sit there. I mean, honestly, if the parent did something insane, mm-hmm. you you shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. I get it, but I understand. Mm-hmm. Like I get it. If if a parent lost their shit and brought something up, yeah, mm-hmm. because you're talking about you said have, have a good day, sweetie, or however, whatever, hug and kiss. They went off to school. That's the last time you saw them. Yeah. Other than, you know, if they were like, you know, you know, the hospital yeah. plugged up. I mean, it's horrible. It mm-hmm. is. And I even think about when you guys are talking, I'm thinking about the incident that happened in Douglas at Frederick, Frederick Douglas School where mm-hmm. the um, a family member of one of the students came up to confront and ended up shooting one of the administrators. Like, we still don't know all the history and all the issues that happened because yeah. of that, but... That's, that was that breaking. could be the same thing. That was breaking, yeah. You know? Well, actually, it was. Um, there was a part of it that came out. It was a result of bullying. It did mm-hmm. say it was a bullying problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and listen, I was a victim of bullying for years. I understand exactly how these people feel because you would go to the principal, you would yeah. sit there, you would bitch and complain about it. And these yeah. principals got paid how much money? A oh, hundred yeah. or more thousand a year. Mm-hmm. They didn't care about it. They yeah. got in their Jaguars. They took their ass home. You know, they did what they wanted to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And the tenure, we have so many layers to this. And even if they could look at it from a selfish standpoint, even if you're doing it for the money, you have to also look at the safety risk for yourself, right? Oh, yeah. And so the same incident can happen where another parent can come with a gun. And so you should recognize that this is a safety concern for everybody yes. and you should be on it. Okay. Um, anyway, what grade yeah, are you? I'm going to give it a grade. Um, all these F's are just coming and flying. <laughs> I'm definitely going to give it an F just because like I'm so saddened by this child's death and the lack of accountability accountability like we've been talking about and the lack of like sheer like empathy they have for this family. It just seems as though they have no empathy because if you didn't empathize with this family and the loss of this child, then you would be you would feel more responsible to release certain information and have these people have some sort of resolution to what is going on and mm-hmm. have the have the community have some sort of resolution like we definitely have to do better we have to advocate so much and which is why I'm very thankful you know what project Baltimore is doing mm-hmm. because they are at least helping to create some sort of transparency and to hold accountability and hold the microphone up to these motherfuckers and say like look 
start talking. Like, what are you doing? Right. You're elected officials, and what exactly are you doing? You know, I, I want to see more than just paper. I want to mm-hmm. see you actually out there. Because, you know, another, that's another part, not, you know, going into too many tangents, but these elected officials get elected over and over and over again. And we make the excuse of, well, we didn't do a lot of research yeah. when it comes to the voting and the mm-hmm. polls, and we get to the ballot, and we, we scratch off who's here and who's there. We need to do more research on these people. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to see your history. If you are not doing the job that you're supposed to do, I want you out. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and again, we don't condone any violence of any sort of nature. We don't want anyone going into school shooting up anything. Yeah. What we're saying is that there's so many layers to these stories that result in shootings. Yeah. And it's wrong, mm-hmm. you know. So there's multiple sides to the story, but again, no, we don't want any violence to a school. Yeah. yeah. So, so speaking of politicians, yeah, you, you want to wanna do yours? Honey, this is going to be another F. Miss <laughs> 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 Catherine Pooh, she is the mayor of Baltimore City, and she's in a big controversy right now with Healthy Holly, which is a book that she made a deal with with UMass and the medical system. Um, and basically right now, and I'm going to pull up the article too, um, we've been talking about it for the past week. Um, every news station in Baltimore has been talking about it. The yeah. Washington Post talked about it. Oh, I'm going to yeah. read a particular part of the article that says that she signed a no-bid deal with the medical system, and it was a total of $100,000, 100000 books, excuse me, at $5 each. Um, and she received $500,000 from this. Now, the last portion of it, she said she had um, gave back to the company that she had worked in collaboration with she gave that $100,000 back, that last part. Okay. Okay, but she did receive, in fact, $500,000. And according to the Baltimore Sun, uh, Pew did not um, report the earnings on annual general, general Assembly financial disclosure forms. Now, to make this very clear, it's a stretch as far as anything for those forms, but mm-hmm. this form, every elected official in this particular sector of Baltimore City is uh, required to fill out these forms. So if you make a deal... You have to fill this out the year of. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can't go the year later and say, oh, you know, I just made a deal. Yeah. All right, and she amended the forms after the deal was revealed. Ooh. So basically, what I'm saying Oh, yes. Holly. Oh, yes. So a lot of lawyers are saying basically right now that as the mayor, she didn't do anything illegal. Technically, it's, it's, it's immoral, it's wrong, okay. but it's not illegal. You as can't remove her as mayor because she did this. But. When she was in city council, this was illegal. It could have been considered illegal. I'm going to say alleged because they have not said that it's illegal. But if it is true what the Washington Post said in regards to her and the Baltimore Sun said in regards to her filling out these forms the same year that she made the deal, but after the deal had been finalized, she could be in trouble. Mm. So I want to know what y'all want to, you know, give me some tea (sighs) on this. What you think? I mean, she is just like, this whole thing is just a weird a weird situation because I've been watching this unfold, especially um over the past week, like we've things are, you know, being released and being revealed and it's being revealed that she bought like a house, you know, using some of this money and then, you know, she comes back because she was in the hospital with pneumonia and she's doing like this little mute apology because, you know, she just goes <laughs> to the hospital. She did have pneumonia, but girl, we had to up the audio so much. (laughs) (laughs) But in that apology, in in that apology, she was also still promoting Healthy Holly and talking about like baby clothes. Whoever her public relations is, I ain't cut nobody off, but whoever her public relations is needs to be fired. Yeah, we like, what the hell's 
like, it was very bizarre. You didn't even, like, <laughs> you, so you didn't explain yourself at all. Like, it just seems like you're doing these back deals. And I'm going to throw in another layer. I don't want to go too off topic, but we just seen that former Baltimore Police Department commissioner mm. just got um, convicted for the tax evasion. The Sousa or the Sousa, and she's the one who hired him, mm-hmm. and then said, "Oh well, I didn't know all this information, but chick, you're doing the same thing." You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I just don't want there to continue to be like this whole like women, like mayor women in leadership, like them to keep having these corruption and scandals because we already faced this with Sheila Dixon. Like mm-hmm. I'm sick of that. I'm just mm-hmm. really tired of it. I mean, I'll let somebody else go because I might want to jump back up in here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely agree. And I find it odd that it's the women that are getting into trouble because we know that, you know, former mayor, former governor, former presidential candidate, Martin O'Malley, mm-hmm. what, he had a scandal in Baltimore where he allegedly got a news anchor pregnant and he's married. That was swept under the rug. Nobody talked about it. And this was right. (laughs) This was right before he ran for governor, Mm -hmm. and it was swept under the rug like it was nothing. But Sheila Dixon allegedly stole some gift cards, Mm -hmm. and she's gone. Mm -hmm. And now we have Catherine Pugh, and it's like y'all searching. Y'all yeah. want these people out. You want them mm-hmm. disgraced. Also, you don't are? want women to be in charge. I'm not saying that what she did was right. Mm-hmm. But it's funny how it's the women and they're black women mm-hmm. who are being investigated harshly. Mm-hmm. Because people drop the other stories. We all, like, if you live in Baltimore, you knew if you saw O'Malley, he was usually high. Like, he was a piehead. He was hot all the time, and he was usually with his mistress. He would go to the Orioles games, because I know I have a friend who used to be security. He was like, yeah, he was hot all the time. He would be with his mistress, watching the Ravens game, in the box, nobody with them. First of all, he was not existing for the... Come on, man. Nobody knew he was running for president. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Not really. He was, was like 20 on the ballot for real. Okay. <laughs> and okay, wasn't nobody going to elect his ass anyway, not because of the scandal that Erica mentioned, but this nigga was behind, oh, Wigga, was behind a lot of the corruption that happened with the Baltimore Police Task Force. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, my brother and his friends were accosted by some of the officers that were indicted underneath, like, Martin O'Malley's reign as mayor. You know what I'm saying? Like, arrested, falsely convicted, planted shit on. You know what I'm saying? Amongst all the other people that we finding out that have been affected by what has happened with that type of scandal, you know? That shit is still coming out. So, I did say I was going to jump back in, but it might be too early. Go ahead, Anthony. No, I don't have... I was on vacation when all this stuff was kind of going down, so I'm just catching up, so I'm listening. I All I got to say is... I can't wait for the mayoral debate debates again next year mm-hmm. because this is going to be juicy. I went to the ones last year and this mm-hmm. is going to be juicy. And it's really going to be interesting if Sheila Dixon decides to run and again. run again. I actually like Sheila Dixon. I did too. They I were at each other. So. I mean, she's a nice person. but So Chantel and I used to actually work at the summer camp. And I was, because I think we were working with the same group at the time. The little kids would come in to greet us, and yeah. she would actually come works. to our rec I center. About this before. Oh, she would actually come to our rec center to work out because yeah. she helped them get the gym upstairs. Yeah. And one of my little ones literally was like, Isn't that the little lady that stole them gift cards? <laughs> oh, yeah. 
that she came through. Yeah. And we've gotten so much trouble. We can't control what babies say. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, babies get all the tea these days. Yeah, they don't be lying either. They got cell phones better than we do. <laughs> they can just look her ass up. I was like... Oh, you look her up as a Target gift card next to her. You know what I'm saying? Two for two. So, you know, I can't <laughs> Sheila, don't get mad, okay? Uh, so what grade are you giving this? I'm giving it a big fat F. Okay? It's marked in red and slash. I'm going to shred it later. <laughs> so, uh, all the ones we talked about, who's getting a gold star? Mm. Whew. Isn't that a tough one? How about anybody who stops eating at Chick-fil-A and finds a black-owned business? And True story! Okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Because, uh, first of all, tag us if you can find anybody who make that chicken better than... Chi- well, not, not, okay, okay. Not just saying the chicken better than Chick-fil-A, but, like, the whole experience, the okay? Whole, like, you, know. you gotta give us something to, like, equally match or usurp it. Yes, I saw it. Usurp it. Well, I'm actually... Uh, Vocab <laughs> word of the podcast, though. But I'm actually going to uh, New York this weekend and there was a vegan spot that makes like the I sent you the, uh, the article you did, that's the one you're talking about I'm definitely going there they do have this brunch on Saturday mm. where they do pay what you can yes and the max is like $15 that but they'll take do but do they door dash the bottom or no they they post mates in <laughs> door dash in, in she's New York she's year old oh cute yeah so she went to college oh. and she decided when she was in the middle of it like what am I doing? You know, if this is what she really wants that to do. That is so dope. So she's young, young I'll black girl. I'll be in New York a couple of weeks. It. Make sure you share it with her. Uh, yes, please. I'm about to say, girl, do some it. boxes. They like, um, blue, <laughs> blue apron and all yeah. that. Or Tara. You can add back some of it back if you want to. So who's getting detention back. is the question. <laughs> <laughs> who's going into detention? Of all the Fs. three Fs. People already did. <laughs> I let her keep a coat. <laughs> I think that the school board in South Carolina needs to go yeah. into detention. No, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all trash. Yeah. And that's all I got to say about that. Detention. In jail. Under the jail. Throw yeah. away the key. And all y'all school boards who think that that is okay. Trash, trash, basura, garbage. All that. Mm-hmm. What's, I, I don't know the French version. You know, I be French and teach me all that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but look, I do know the Spanish version. <laughs> okay. I like how you just flip by. French in the beginning, middle episode on Spanish, by the end, it'll be German. <laughs> to move on to our main topic um in this episode we're going to discuss fashion and beauty standards the trends the way they've changed you know um we kind of hinted a little bit in our opening question and we also have i slay the podcast a fashion podcast here so we wanted to um we're kind of like free ball in this episode you know so we don't really have any questions we're just going to have a conversation and see where it goes but um, I wanted to start by asking I Slay the Podcast to kind of tell us why you guys decided to start a podcast about fashion. Right. Uh, so I've always wanted to do a podcast. I have the gift of gab. So it was just something that just made sense for me. But the reason for the area of discussion, because we do entertainment, fashion, and beauty, mm-hmm. is because we felt that there was a need within um our community and then for people of color in general to have a spotlight shown on them in terms of fashion because we don't when we talk about fashion it's always associated with white people white stylists white designers white models 
white companies. And we wanted to make sure that we were able to provide a space to actually discuss um, people of color and their fashions, their styles, the different designers and stylists. Because there are a lot of people who are behind the scenes who don't get the credit that they deserve. Amen. Um, and we wanted to be able to have those discussions, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, and the team was kind of put together based off of their own fashion sense, their own fashion knowledge. Like, um, Pretty Bree, who isn't here, she has a, her own online boutique called Hey Girl Boutique. It's on Instagram. Yes, it's on Instagram. Some really nice pieces. She mm-hmm. has, you know, like the standard size and plus size. She has her own vendors. She will even, like, you can pick it up. <laughs> like, oh, you need it tonight, girl. I got a new size. Come pick it up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we just wanted to make sure that we provided that space for that conversation to kind of happen. is to kind of let people know about other designers that you may not hear about usually. Yeah. And it's and like you, I think you said everything perfectly. Um, it's just it, we all give a unique spin on what we think fashion is based off of our experiences. You know, I come from a family where you know you're either tall and lanky or you like medium length as far as height, and you're a little bit bigger. You know, like we have the plus size girls in my family. And I think the biggest issue, particularly with my mom, because she's a bigger, uh, bigger woman, is that she always wanted to find something that kind of matched her aesthetic and made her look a little bit more upscale, but there didn't seem to be something like that out there. Um, and we don't give enough recognition to black-owned businesses that do things that are more upscale for the bigger girls. Mm-hmm. And they're not just like, they're not Yves Saint Laurent or one of those, you know, mm-hmm. but they're out here making it happen and we need to give them the promotion, mm-hmm. you know, because there's a black designer behind a lot of the looks for the tour for uh, First Lady Michelle Obama. Mm-hmm. You know, what's her name again? I have to get her name. Uh, I want to say it's Fidel. Something like that. Yeah, we, we, we'll we talk about it on yeah. um, on our second episode of I Slay the Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are, are, like, Wayman and Micah are, like, really, like, great stylists. And they style a lot of celebrities that you see, but you never get to hear their never names. Never hear about them. Mm-hmm. Ne- like, when, um, when we kind of did our research for... Uh, the NAACP Image Award will be doing like Slayer and Awe, mm-hmm. which is one of the games that we play where everyone gets the vote. So it's like, you know, kind of think about it like hot topics mixed with uh, like, you know, Joan Rivers and red carpet critiques kind of thing, mm-hmm. but for the culture. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So you guys talk about different trends and things um, in your podcast, but. I know that Erica went to the Natural Hair Expo mm-hmm. um, hosted by Dresden Heads, and that's a shop in Baltimore. They do natural hairstyles. Um, in the past, what, like decade or so, even longer, even like probably a few years longer, like mm-hmm. we've seen the trend of more natural features, mm-hmm. more natural hairstyles, um, people getting rid of that old idea and image of sleek hair Mm -hmm. and um you know healthy or good hair i wanted to get your take erica on Mm -hmm. what you saw yesterday at the expo so which was really cool and i had a fangirl moment i actually got to see kimberly elise she is what you did not say that to me yes Make me take I my got, you just ruined my day. She is my all-time favorite actress. 
She's my favorite she actress. The best I always say that if somebody yeah, who's going to play my mama in a movie, is going to be her. Baby. She's the only one that ever has the capability to make me cry in a movie, and she was right in my neighborhood. Yo. She's, she's, wow. So she's actually still here today, too. And um, why are we still sitting here? Yeah, yeah. Right. We could have recorded this later. <laughs> I blame you. Next, tell me you know where she at, and tell me you got the hotel key room, and we go on this. Has her own natural hair care line. Nice. That's why she was there. I didn't know uh, that. It's called uh, Kimberly Elise Naturals mm-hmm. because we all have kind of seen her natural hair grow mm-hmm. in movies. Like we've seen it with the TWA, we've kind of seen it grow because there are a lot of products that have a lot of that are made for Black people mm-hmm. and marketed towards Black people, but aren't actually made for Black people. Right. I saw so many brands of natural hair care lines. So many body butters, hand whips, like oils. Mm-hmm. Like I, I spent so much money. <laughs> oh my god! I'm like, I don't want to look at my bank account, but <laughs> it was worth it because I use like I got like body scrubs and everything. But it was just seeing the number of entrepreneurs in one space. Because it was held at 5th Regiment Armory. If you haven't been there before, it's where they do their indoor track. So if you ever mm-hmm. been to a track meet, that space. And it was filled with different vendors, which is really cool. And we'll be posting throughout the week um, some of the different um, vendors and companies that were there. Mm-hmm. Because some of them target hair loss because a lot of, uh, a lot of companies that made products for us Mm-hmm. Broke our hair off because mm-hmm. we all. If you if you had a perm and you're a black woman, yeah. you got a you got a story about how just for me or whatever That's, broke your hair off. Hello. I know I, I got know, one. Especially that Keisha Cole box. Remember that? <laughs> 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 they, y'all thought Keisha Cole was on I one changed of those my mind. Boxes. Look, <laughs> <laughs> they put them plastic on her. It was horrible, <laughs> man. But yeah, I mean the hair trends oh. have changed dramatically. Especially we have we we can talk about women and their change their change in their hair too but i definitely want to talk about men and you know we have two men in here who have curly you know kinky hair and they're very proud and rocking their hair you know what i'm saying like so what do y'all want to talk about in terms of y'all experience with loving and caring for your hair mm-hmm. you want to go first or you want me to go first all right go ahead you go you first. Want me to go first yeah um, well, I'm, I'm 28, and I think for a lot of my early life, it was always, you know, well, I'll say up to maybe like 15, I always had a close cut, mm-hmm. you know, I never let it grow out, and then I let it grow out for a little while, and I said, um, I'm interested to see what a perm would do, or like a textualizer, mm-hmm. call it, um, and I mean, I liked it, but it also hurts, you know, it, it you know, it, the pain that you go through to get this, you know, this look. The look, mm-hmm. what you think, what you think at the time is aesthetically pleasing, mm-hmm. and to me, honestly, it's not like that. And what I realized over time is that my hair was already curly. Mm-hmm. I just needed to know the right products mm-hmm. to use. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. I have this product. I do not know if it's black owned, but I'm going to do my research. And it's called <laughs> As I Am, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of black owned beauty supply stores actually have these. There's a whole fleet of them. They have like these deep conditionings you can leave on for like five or ten minutes. Yeah. It literally brings out your curls. Mm. And I use a deep shampoo with it. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And I use um, it's like a spiking gel, but it's a little bit thicker. Cause spiking gel tends to have a lot of alcohol. It dries mm-hmm. your hair out. Mm-hmm. When your hair is curly, particularly when you're ethnic, ethnic curly hair gets very brittle. 
you know, mm-hmm. so I've experienced that too. Um, but this doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it keeps it nice and tight, and for several days you can maintain. Mm-hmm. You know, but over the time, I I felt like when I was younger, maybe I had to look a certain way, and I've gotten to a point in my age and my maturity where no, I don't have to. I don't have to do that. I already mm-hmm. had it. Why sit there and put yourself through so much pain mm-hmm. to look a certain way when there's easier ways of maintaining? So no young, jo- no young jock perms over there for you? <laughs> you know you're looking like a nurse. You <laughs> look just like a little CNA. Um, two kids, one's named King, has a Nissan Altima. Um, you know you know people with that haircut have Nissan Altima. <laughs> he is a CNA, honey. He was straight from high school. But um, I support Auntie Jock. <laughs> all the way I do I really do you know he has a 32% but um shut <laughs> up now you got my my knees all full laugh so hard come on I said come on blow out um but that that partial sewing but I literally I love I do I do love Jock I think that him and Usher are doing the same type of things did you see what Usher's look is right now and that's just the one about a month ago mm-hmm. when they did it at the same time. He has like a little blowout with a little one. side part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he got something like going on too. I think they go to the same petition. Um, <laughs> yeah. But Jock is nice and right and tight, you know. Mm-hmm. And honestly, all jokes aside, when I first saw it, I was like, mm-hmm. okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> what can you say? I mean, you know, it's like, you know, like somebody's on. That's different. Yeah, that's right. different. <laughs> you seen the recent one where he got Tupac in his head? No. He recently went to the whatever his barber is and he did Tupac in the back of his head and cut the hair back that way. So like all of this is cut down. This is kind of sitting So up. he just got the little bump in the front. Uh, it's like all in the back. So it looks like there's nothing happening in the front and then in the back. So you gotta go to the back of his head to see the style. You know. Okay. Ejot you know, just has too much time on his hands and I, I don't really know what to tell him. I'm gonna give him an F2. Um... <laughs> I support him though, I do, I do. But I, honestly, I didn't know what to say when I first saw it. All jokes aside, and I still don't know what to say, but somehow now it works for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? You, Anthony. Um, yeah, for me, I grew my hair out the first time when I think I was in middle school. Mm-hmm. And then um, grew it out not too far. I did the S curl. Mm-hmm. And then, um, oh, yeah. you, you had know, the soul glow. Come on, so and then um, <laughs> cut it down. And then after I graduated from high school, decided to let my hair grow. And I was like, oh, while I'm in school, this is a good time to let my hair grow because mm-hmm. it can grow. And I don't have to worry about getting a job. My hair has to look cut a certain way and look yeah. professional. Yep. Um, and so I let it grow from, I guess I was about like six years my hair was long. And then I cut it. And then I decided to grow it back last year because um, my dad went bald at, I think, like 28, 29. Yeah, my father has that type of... Con- yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I have been bracing for it all this time. And I was like, I started kind of like my hair journey and being like, and the first time growing it out, trying to figure out what works for my hair, mm-hmm. with shampoos and all that kind of stuff. Um, not always having a um, stylist to be as dependable as you want. You got to figure out stuff on your own. Yeah. Um, back then when I was growing it out, there wasn't as many products. There wasn't all these YouTube tutorials mm-hmm. that you could watch and stuff. It was just like figuring it out. And so, um, I decided to grow it again because I was like, how dope would it be for me to bring in, I'm getting ready to turn 30, to bring in my 30 with a head full of hair. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I decided to grow it out again. So I've been loving my journey, my hair journey this time. Last time it was like, I like it because it's long and it hasn't mm-hmm. been long before. But this time it's like, I actually like the natural look. I mm-hmm. actually like that, like... 
I get out the shower and sometimes it's just however it is out after mm-hmm. the shower. Yeah. And before I'd be like, I gotta put a hat on before I can get my hair <laughs> twisted again. And now it's just like, nah, I'm just like, just like it the way that it is. Yeah. Oh, nice. Real. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right, women, we are gonna do this. Okay. Come on, bonnets. So, <laughs> so Chantel and I go back like pimps and Cadillacs. For sure. Yay. And Come we on, actually man. started our natural hair journey at the same time. We kind of were both thinking about it. And then was like, you know what? I, we're going to go natural. So I did that, but I grew my hair out. I didn't do the big chop. Okay. But I also found myself straightening my hair mm-hmm. up still. A lot more, yeah. And just to kind of get it all even, and then I damaged it that way. And then I decided to... I don't I don't know why women, a lot of women do this, but when we go through a breakup, we do something different with our hair. So I actually cut it all off. Mm-hmm. Like, I cut it down real short, cut it off, and it freaked my parents out because my mom... When I was a kid, would make me promise her to never, ever, ever cut our hair. So it was, it was really wow. hard. It was a hard decision for me to make because I've seen the women in my family damage their hair. Like everything that was a style, they did. Mm-hmm. And my, another reason why I think my mom didn't want me to cut my hair is because I have thick hair, and that's why my mom permed my hair in the first place because she did not know how to take care of hair that was so thick yeah. and so coarse. So that was done to make it easier on her. And then every Sunday, I was getting my hair pressed mm-hmm. with a hot comb on the stove. Because my mom is from the South. Mm-hmm. And she country like that. And I would have little burn marks mm-hmm. around the perimeter wow. and on my ear. Um, and a lot of gel and stuff was put in my hair when I was younger. Breaking my hair off. Mm-hmm. Pink lotion too, probably. Yeah, yeah pink and lotion. brown, April style. Girl. <laughs> And all of that was kind of, like, done to my hair. So I cut my hair off. I grew it out. And I kind of had to get used to me without hair. Um, and then, you know, I let it grow out. And then I was like, you know what? I haven't really done much with my natural hair. So I decided to color it. I decided to do a undercut. But I didn't like it because I realized I had a fat roll in my head. And I was like, you know what? This is not cool. We going to let her grow out. <laughs> And I'm actually <laughs> thinking about cutting my hair again because when I cut, when I did the big chop, I there weren't all of these like the stuff that's out now wasn't really out, yeah. mm-hmm. and it was so expensive to be able to try to try different products and mm-hmm. see what works. Yeah. Now I know what works, and just like that sponge or that sponge that yeah. like curls your hair up. Yeah, we had to make those. Yeah. yeah, and I was not yeah. doing all that work because mm-hmm. I I can't cut even for anything, and mm-hmm. I would have yeah no. So I kind of want to mm-hmm. do that again. I don't know if I want to do that or lock my hair. I've been going in between because Chantel knows I've been like oh, I want to lock my hair. No, I don't. I'm mm-hmm. We've gone to the false braids before. Yeah. Oh, the false strands. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. I've done I that, to. but yeah. I don't. I, I I just I think I either want to do one either either I'm going to cut my hair mm-hmm. or I'm going to grow my locks. And I think my fear will grow on my locks is that weird, awkward phase. Right. Because I do work in an office. Or I should just like, should I just... But I miss my hair being short because mm-hmm. I can just wash and go, keep moving, mm-hmm. whatever. But yeah, that's kind of been my hair journey. It's It's been a struggle. But I feel like now I've learned so much about my hair because not everybody's hair is the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know what to do with it now. So 
I'm still in my hair glow up. Yeah, so. I hear that. <laughs> yeah. I hear that. I can agree. I can attest to the hair glow up on myself, actually. So, my journey, like, I remember it starting at around six. Like, I would always go to the hairdresser with my mother. And she has been getting her hair done by the same person for like the last 30 years. It'd be wow. like that. Because when yeah. black My people, like black people, when you find a barber or a hairstylist or somebody to, to do your hair the way you like it, you don't go nowhere else. Nope. You know what I'm saying? You trust them with your life. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They even had a whole episode on blackish about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, started around six, I was going to the hairdresser and, you know, we'll go with my mother. And I think around that time is when I got my first perm. My hair was thick too, so my mother really didn't understand or know how to do my hair. And I just remember, I even look at little pictures of myself, like when I was a young girl, having like the little ballies and the little plaits on my head. And my hair was permed, you know, just seeing it straightened at like a younger age. And then I'm growing up, I get a little older, I'm going to the hairdresser myself, like waiting hours upon hours for them to open and then mm. hours upon hours for you to like do my long. hair oh, and mm-hmm. you know when B Fist was talking about the pain, you know, like we can all attest to that because the perms, the burning from the perms and then like the sitting and the waiting and the heat and, and like the, the cold. Yeah, like you you just put Seriously. your hair through so much <laughs> as a black person you know, trying to understand your hair and the journey. And so um, when I graduated from high school, well, when I was in high school, people always complimented my hair because it was, it was thick and it was, it wasn't, I never kept it like extremely long, but it was, you know, past shoulder length. And every time I would go get it done, like Miss Kim, shout out to her. She always did my hair the right way. She's the, so, the same person who does my mother's hair now. And she always hooked my hair up. Like, I had my little roller wraps, you know what I'm saying? I had my updos with the curls, you know? <laughs> like, I was I was lit in high school with my hair. And so, um, that was one of my, my beautiful features that I loved about me was my hair. And then I go to college, and I'm just like, oh, my gosh. I cannot afford to drive back and forth to Baltimore mm. to get my fucking hair done. What am sure. I going to do? Right. And so I remember one I remember one summer, I got braids in my hair, and I had a perm. And um, the new growth from my hair, you know, the curly texture, and then the straight part that was permed, like, it was so weak that my braid came out of my hair. One of my braids Mm. came out of my hair, and I had a bald patch in the front of my hair for, like, a very long time that I had to grow. I mean, it's grown back now. You know what I'm saying? Shorty thick over there. (laughs) But but she was a little little skittish, you know, at first. You know? She was just chilling on the beach somewhere (laughs) with, with like, a little Mai Tai. But, (laughs) But, you know, she came back to visit me, so... We good now. But I just remember when my braid came out of my hair, I was just, like, so pissed. I was like, yo, like, why the fuck am I putting my hair through this? Mm -hmm. And that's when I started my natural hair journey. And I started, like, when I would get the braids, I would feel, like, the curl pattern. I'm like, ooh, she could do something with this, you know what I'm saying? And Mm -hmm. then that's around the time where natural hair started becoming a lot more popular. Mm-hmm. And I just be like, okay, I see this. And then I see Shea Moisture premiere their stuff and they're in Target. And I'm just like, ooh, let me start using this. Like, yeah. it smells good. Like, okay, curly pudding and all that shit. 
oh, let me put this in here and do my little rods and all that stuff. And so I'm doing that. And I'm like, okay, this is nice. So I start growing my hair out at the beginning of college. Um, but I didn't chop my hair because I got a big head. And my little <laughs> face, my, my, my face was not doing all that with no shorty up top, okay? Uh, so I was like, we not doing that journey. That's not the journey for me. So as my hair would grow out, I would... Um, have one of my friends Sam shout out to her she's a mixed girl so she has like mixed curly hair and she would always straighten her hair so I was like oh shorty got the wrist motion you know what I'm saying <laughs> got that black her wrist yeah. yeah come hook me up in the dorm room yeah. so she would come hook me up in the dorm room you know what I'm saying I had the, the hot comb going I had the little flat iron going you know so and then I remember that time that was when um, that Conair like brushy like hot comb thing oh, came yeah. out we was trying that too yeah. and then the wand came out like we was trying a whole bunch of shit okay just to make sure my hair was still straight cause I was like I'm not ready to premiere this bush yet mm-hmm. okay she gotta be perfected just a little bit more and then I cut my hair and my I straightened got it straightened my hair was natural and it was I had been growing it out for so long and when I finally chopped the rest of the perm off my hair was like almost it was like mid neck length mm-hmm. almost back down to my shoulders because uh-huh. At that time, like, I just was like, I'm not having it. Like, I can take this lift, but I can't take the ush lift. Like, I just can't do that. And then um, I started noticing, like, how my hair would stretch. Like, different things that I would do that would make it dry out more. How often I would have to wash it. What oils I should put into Mm -hmm. it. And so, I was like, okay, this is nice. Five years later, I get sick of it. I'm just like, I'm fucking tired of doing my hair. Mm -hmm. And so, I start walking. And my best friend, Desiree, she puts, you know, she had locks before in high school. And I never understood it. I was like, okay, she cute with her locks. I never understood locks. My brother had started growing locks in his hair, too. And I was just like, you know, this might be a move for me. And so, in 2016, my best friend, she put, you know, started me with some two-strand twists in my hair with my locks, and I've been growing them ever since. And I started with longer natural hair, which is why if you see me now, like, people are like, your hair is so long. It's been three years since I started growing my locks, but just because my hair was longer natural and then the way it stretches, Mm -hmm. you know, you're going to have a certain length of hair because Mm -hmm. me and Michelle, we started out kind of locking around the same time. She started before me. But our lengths are completely different because her hair coils differently than mine. Right. So, you know, but it's interesting to see, like, the evolution of not only, like, you and your hair journey, but, like, the products you're using. Like, mm-hmm. I was faithful when I was getting perms, like, the water, the grease, and the hairbrush, okay? You slick that joint back and you go outside and you play. Yeah. Or faithful on, like, my mother would braid my hair in the summertime because I would get in the pool and like I start, that's how I started learning how to braid my own hair because my braids would come out because on the edges, my edges were thin and my mother would always do this low ass braid on my edges, okay? And that shit would always come out. So I had to be in the mirror because I'm like, I don't want to look raggedy out here at the summer camp waiting for them to pick me up. <laughs> so, you know, 
So I gotta go in here and do construction on this head. Construction. So yeah, so I started learning how to, you know, braid my own hair. She'd be like, oh, okay, that that's something, you know. That's cute. Yeah, that's you know, you tried. <laughs> but let me come back come over here and sit between my legs <laughs> on the floor and let me get this together, you know. But it really is time consuming. It is. That's really. the thing about it. Like I feel for like cause I'm there's not a lot of males in my immediate family other than me, my uncle, my little brother. And, you know, that's pretty much it. I mean, it's not a lot of us. We kind of over outnumbered. And, mm-hmm. you know, the girls, like, I mean, my mom, she's, my mom used to do her own perms. She used to straighten her own hair. She used to do everything herself because she was basically raised to be self-sufficient. Yeah. So she literally could do her own hair, clip her own ends, style it, do all that. Mm-hmm. And she had hair that went down her back. You know, but she had permed for so many years, mm-hmm. and she never had to. She had loose, curly hair. Mm-hmm. She never had to sit there and perm yeah. her hair. She could have done, like, a silk press or something, mm-hmm. you know, to kind of straighten it. So, that she really didn't need to do as a perm. Yeah. That's basically what it was, and she said, yeah, she's been uh, natural for eight years now, and I do appreciate, appreciate that and respect that. Um, at first, I was like, what you doing, girl? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, what are we doing? Because I, honestly, I think it's a new journey for the person going through it. And it the sure person, is. people that are with them, Yeah, I never really saw my mom's hair like that. Yeah. So I didn't know her texture like mm-hmm. that. I didn't know that she had loose curls. Uh-huh. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I had a relative ask me, what do you, what do you want to do with that? What do you mean? It's done. Yeah. It's so I mean, insulting. No, but when are you, like, going to get something done to it? Mm-hmm. Like, it's done like even my dad still says to me now like oh you want me to give you money to go to the hairdressers to, to do your hair you can still give me money it has definitely been an evolution like i remember when i first started going natural now granted i'm all here using all these different products like yeah girl you're showing popping you know what i'm saying i got my pantene the brown bottle you know that's for the blacks let me okay. tell you something she was evil and glorious ass <laughs> went on that advertisement this was doing desperate housewives <laughs> She was on Pantene flipping that little Latino hair. I said, I gotta get me a box. <laughs> Either that or a good, sickening wig. Yeah, but like, going through that, I remember, this was also in college, like, my grandmother at the time, she was, what, like, 93? She, she broke her femur. And like, that's supposed to be the strongest bone in your body. But literally, Whoa. it was like the most innocent story. Like, she came home from church, church and tried to kick her shoe off. You know what I'm saying? Are you, wait, stop. I'm not joking. Did she really try to do a pain LaBelle? Yes, <laughs> she did. Because and, and, it was so uncanny. We were like, ready? Like, how? But anyway, long story short. I'm sorry. You know, she's in the hospital. I go see her in the hospital. And mind you, she drugged up because she just had surgery oh, on her leg. No. And she is she going in on me, and I'm just like, Granny, this is art. Like, what are you talking about? This is she, art. Yeah, because like, my aunt, my aunt, her oldest daughter, she still to this day reminds me that I said it. I'm like, yes, right. It was art because you know what? I'm trying to find myself. Mm-hmm. Get get out of here. You know, stop trying to clown what I do. My grandmother, because she was in her 90s, mm-hmm. she was very used to a different way of wearing her hair. Very, you know, yeah. Yeah. but um, I don't know. It's it's interesting to see the journey with us. And then you're seeing the evolution outside of that. I didn't want to mainly talk about hair, but since we're getting into, into so it, things, yeah, though. it does go into so many, things. So many like, things. It makes me think about the stuff with like style overall, though, and how people are. It was kind of like told before you reach a certain age, and you're no longer like in style, or there's certain things that you have to let go and not try to keep up with. At a mm-hmm. certain age, you have to expect that you're gonna for men and women because women start to lose hair as they get older from yep. all the perms, and it's like you just deal with it. 
and you only wear wigs because of that. And like mm-hmm. now you see more women wearing wigs if they have hair or if they don't. It's mm-hmm. part of the style. You see guys now it's horrible. and they have like stuff on their head to like if you're balding or if you want oh, your yeah. hair to be full. That's good. Like, I've seen those. And men weave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh Literally. my gosh. Yeah. Literally, they, they, they will use like a type of chalk or a marker, you know, do a natural hairline. Yeah. You know, shave what they piece your mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And lay it over with an adhesive that's for your hair. Yeah. It's supposed to be healthy for you. But it has given men confidence back. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'll say, for example, because I don't have this gene, thank the Lord, but my father lost hair as early as his 20s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he has a literal bald spot. His brother, his brother, my uncle has it. Uh, my uh, uncle's first son that I grew up with has it. I don't have it. Mm-hmm. I don't have no sort of bald spot. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Um, <laughs> but it's a real thing. Yeah. And it can mess with your confidence. You know, sure. it, it impacts your everyday. Mm-hmm. Because men also have, particularly in the black male community, there's so many things that hold us back from trying new things because of the uh, the aesthetic that we're supposed to maintain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're not yeah. supposed to Speak be emotional. Right. You're not, you know, you have to have what they call in the Hispanic community machismo, mm-hmm. masculinity. You know, you're supposed to have something to that extent and yeah. you can't show emotion. You can't mm-hmm. do this. And if you do it, you're, you're metrosexual or you're gay or, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's that type of thing. That puts a burden on you. That impacts yeah. you psychologically for life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I even remember hearing women being able to say that, like, yeah, I got weave, and uh-huh. being like, why? You weren't well, supposed to say that. Well, That's I'm wearing a wig. Well, yes. The and if you say that, like it's that. like, oh, my God. Just yeah, being like, like nah, I'm my wig. And it's like, oh, uh-huh. like, it's just acceptable. It's oh, cool yeah. now. Like, yeah. I got a co-worker who's, uh, she's, she's white, but me and her, she's like, oh, I want to learn about all this stuff. I don't know. <laughs> and we have full-on conversations, and my boss, who is black, she was, she was like, like, you know more than I do. I'm like, girl, we have these conversations. She knows about crochet. She knows about uh-huh. weave. She knows about everything. And that's and important, too, because you never know. She may marry a black man one yeah. day. Oh, yeah. That's you, what she's and, saying. Yeah. Like, cause one of, her great-grandchild might be black, and she uh-huh. needs to know, you know, know how to, like, That's what you know. brings people in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That brings that conversation in. But I will say, some of the stuff can be a little excessive. I ain't trying to shame nobody, particularly I am. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying. <laughs> you sorry, know, not sorry again. Some, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, but there's some women out here and men that look like they morph. Ooh, for real. I'm just saying. I mean, it's the context, the eyelashes. The context. Uh, the, we're the, not the gonna contour, do that because we got hat eyeliner. fishing. We got black fishing. Yes, we got we all the fishing. Okay. It's morphing time. You know, I'm. Why is morphing on, Kimberly? So <laughs> what is going on? I'm telling you, I have had testimonials from people legit. They have gone on dates with women, and I'm not just trying to slam women because uh-huh. men do it too. Uh-huh. But women will sit there; they got the full wigs, the lace fronts. So some of these are so good and sickening, you don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you just don't know because if you spend a good amount of money, you can get a good little frontal. Uh-huh. They sit there; they got the good frontal, they got the eyelashes, they yep. got the contacts, they got the caked on makeup, yep. they got the contour kit up there. Yeah, plush lips. They might put some Botox in. Uh-huh. You or go home. Face tape or the plump. The, yes, they do mm-hmm. have that in yeah. Asian mm-hmm. countries. A lot of times they do yeah. that too. Gotta talk about that. And then the next day, they look like the burglar. <laughs> <laughs> Why you look like you robbing me? I need answers. Yeah, just like uh, there was this meme going around that says, uh, I feel like whenever I go on a date with a black woman, I gotta throw her in the pool. Oh, no. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that. And that shit, that shit made me mad. Like a bad It did. But then they created makeup that was waterproof. That's right. So See, got something and face glue that's waterproof. So that's right, bitch. That's bitch. Bitch, you got me fucked up. How about that? A 
that she thought she was going to do something. That's right. Try. Try me. Snatch this wig off and get fucked up. Okay. okay. <laughs> Not all this adhesive I put on here. It was $22 right. a bottle. Yeah, but it's so interesting seeing, like, now that we are talking about wigs and weaves, I've seen, I remember looking up information because I was telling Anthony that I saw this thing, this HBO, it was like an HBO mini movie or whatever called Hair Wolf. And it oh, it was okay. from like 2018. And the whole, <laughs> the whole show was about, I mean, this is going to get us into a, another topic, but, um, it was talking about how white, like white women come in and st- take the features and the attributes of black women and use it for them for their own, you know, which is another topic. But it also took me to this trend, hair wolfing, that I had never heard about, which is putting the the man weave on and creating the 360 waves. I was like, oh, you didn't know about that? No, I did not. Oh, they've been morphing. With the faux locks, with the, they just literally just cut the locks in half. Blue the orange, that. shaved it down so that it was nice little hairline. Yep. Yeah, nice little, little beijing on the side. Oh my gosh! Blended. I didn't know that was a term. That shit threw it's, me it's off. It's real. It is real and it's scary. <sighs> and I'm not. And, and, and I don't. I know I'm throwing comedy into it, but the whole principle of it is do what makes you feel comfortable. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and and what's gonna build your confidence. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's healthy for you, by all means do it. My thing is, if you got all this stuff for one. I need you to be transparent from day one. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay? Before we get up in here, I only wake up in the morning and I see a burglar. <laughs> I'm going back to bed. Sleep fighting. Got one little ponytail in the back and it's slipping <laughs> on the rubber band. The slipping ponytail. Yeah. <laughs> or even, I don't know if y'all saw the video of the Asian guy who got a straw set. And then they actually uh-huh. like did it so that his hair like was fro? actually all uh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's when been I, in Korea. Oh, yeah. gosh. It's when I Korea. went to Thailand, there was some. There was an Asian guy going up the escalator in one of the malls. And he had a fro. And he was just rocking his shit. And I was just like. Now, we'll say There are some. <laughs> I, was, I can see you all the time. Like, looking at like, excuse y'all me. Y'all see this? Excuse me. I'm with my, my black friends. And I'm just like, you. Yeah, I know. But see. it is possible that it may be his natural texture. Because there are some aboriginals from. I'm going to tell you it's not. Well, maybe. Because maybe not when you that part that middle, that shit was straight. I saw the oh, part in the middle. Silk? Honey. Oh, okay. okay. And so Crest and then curled. Like, I was like, who tears this up like that? Oh, but yeah, that's that a point, okay. though, that, like, I don't want to get into, like, the white people part of it, but it does feel good that we seem like we're in a point where black people and, like, everything that we've always done has been in style, mm-hmm. but, like, it's able, you're able to see it a lot more, mm-hmm. and even though a lot of times it's culturally appropriated, uh, it feels, better. I feel like I'm in a better space of, like, seeing more representation and seeing it being more, like, okay and other people embracing it. I can remember in the 90s and being like, where are we at? Yeah. Right. Because all we had was like Fubu and Baby yeah, Fat and Fat yeah. Farm, all those type of brands. And then, of course, we had Sean John. Baby mm-hmm. Fat coming back. Yeah. Baby Fat is coming it back. It is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She bought it back. She purchased well, it back. We'll see, girl. I don't know where it's going. Don't do no Darion like fashions out here. Don't do that face. I just don't want the Darion type fashion. You know you gotta have like your velour Baby Fat sweatsuit. Everybody I had never a, had one of those, let me actually. Tell you something. <laughs> she was popping in the day, but thanks for Well, I would say, though, it was always that one girl with the two barrettes, the two little side ponytails, and always had the Air Force Ones. Yes, the white on white. Fact, you know what you, you, The white on white. Right. I know I'm going to see a lot it. of that at the B2K concert. And see, they're all yeah, CNAs. With the spray shirts. They're all CNAs now. I'm telling you. Two kids. Um, but you know, no, not 
everybody's like that. But literally, there was a look. There was a look in the early 2000s with baby fat, and that yeah. was one of them. Yeah. You knew it when you saw it. Mm-hmm. You know, I just don't personally know, like, not to go too much off topic, what baby fat going to do in 2019. I want to see. I want to see. I hope she rebrands it. Yeah. I hope yeah. it's, like, high fashion, but, like, wearable high fashion yeah. that kind of speaks to a wide range. Yeah. Because we have seen fashion starting to become more inclusive. And we're also starting to see a lot of black celebrities using black stylists and black designers. Like, uh, like Eva Marcel just got married, and one of her dresses was actually by a black-owned, like, bridal wear company. It was oh, beautiful, wow. too. Yeah, yeah her dress was amazing. Dress. Stunning. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And you know Kamarly Simmons uh, owned when she was... Just uh, Fab. Yeah. Yep. When she has Just Fab. Yeah. But back in the day when she had uh, Baby Fab, she also had KLS. And oh, KLS right, was yeah. the upscale, yeah, you know, so version right. of it. But I hope that, like you're saying today, you can bring KLS and Baby Fat together. Yeah. Kind of, mm. I wouldn't name it either one of them, but I'm just saying, do something with it. You know, yeah. I'm excited. I'm happy for. It. Yeah. Huh. yeah, we'll see. That I mean, that's worth a discussion once we see something coming out. But if I see a couple you pieces know? and I'm like, this is 1998, I'm gonna be real upset. <laughs> 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 Maybe she's making a whole Millennium B2K concert line. Please you never know. I don't want no pandemonium jeans. <laughs> <laughs> Little fizz tank top. That's not cute. Because you know he look like Alicia Keys. Ooh. Oh. Well, speak on it. Same point. So you don't want to see the booty lishes on the um No, man. Because no no you know it's going to be the red on the packet. You know the early 2000 rhinestones. Yeah. talk about another thing now we're kind of getting into like women's trends and how they kind of change well we didn't really get into it like that but we can get into it touched like, on it let's mm, let's talk about men's changes in their fashion oh mm. my god yes uh, uh, yeah. I got a lot to talk about with that me too because on the red carpet there have been a lot of changes in men's fashion and I am here for it yep. because before we didn't focus on men on the red carpet it no. was they would speak mm. to women like what are you wearing? Blend and women were needles. getting pissed off that they were only mm-hmm. getting fashion questions and men were getting the hard-hitting questions. Mm-hmm. Right. And they were just wearing black tuxes, black suits, mm-hmm. white shirt. Everybody was wearing the same exact thing. Like, they all went to JCPenney. You know, <laughs> that one went to Ross. Uh-huh. That one went But we've seen a lot of risks that people are taking. And we're actually sure. going to talk about that in our next episode of Isolated Podcast. Yeah. Because on, the, on these red carpets and in these award shows, men have been doing things with fashion that you know they're playing with patterns and textures and they're starting to do things a little bit different with their clothes or they're starting to blur the line of gender in terms of their fashion like especially with people like Jaden Smith and they're taking risks with their hair and coloring it and doing you know new things even getting you know like man weaves for for Mm -hmm. top knot out Mm -hmm. what Young yeah. Jock, that and was a great example. And they're taking these risks, and I'm here for it. Not all of them slay. You know, we, do slay. <laughs> we play a game called Slay and All, where you get the vote because your opinion right. matters. So not everything's a hit, but at least right. they're taking a risk. I'm telling you. I'm, mm, we'll talk about it. <laughs> who was, I'm, I'm trying to remember the name of the guy who wore the tuxedo like dress to the red carpet. Oh, from, from Pose. From Pose, yes. Um, Billy Porter? Yes. Yes. Billy Porter. Yes. And he, I thought he looked amazing. Uh, he was absolutely that was so, stunning. That was a lot of controversy surrounding it, though. Really? Why? 
Because he's a male wearing a dress. Oh, just that. Outfit. I thought you meant yeah. like something that, like he stole somebody else's well, outfit. No. It was a story behind it because it's a legendary. Um, there's a legend in the ball scene of New York that wore the same aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And he was taking, I mean, honestly, polls on FX mm-hmm. is about the ball scene of right. the 80s. Talks about everything from HIV to Great everything. Great and show. he's literally touching bases on what he studies and what he does on polls um, and paying tribute to people that used to be in that scene and yeah. probably no longer with us. But needless to say, mind your business if you don't know what you're talking about, you know, the simple thing would be instead of slamming him is asking him, okay, well, what's, you know, what's the point behind yeah. this? Because yeah. you ask everybody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And even with Darren Fleet, Darren Fleet is just starting, he's, you know, an IG comedian. Even he's starting to change his style because when he was first coming into the scene in terms of online comedy, he's kind of stuck to the stereotypical because he's from this area. Right. So he kind of stuck to, you know, like, fashion over men, you know, like wearing that traditional like streetwear, but now he's kind of venturing into wearing dresses and mm-hmm. pants and skirts and just trying to figure out what what his new style is going to be and kind of finally being comfortable with being himself, but mm-hmm. also getting a lot of backlash from that and having to kind of rise above that because there are still some people who have very strong opinions who are still coming for and how there's this idea of hypermasculinity mm-hmm. that's definitely still affecting people, but I do like that people are starting to take more risk. Yeah. yeah and sure. I think one thing that's also commendable is Sam Smith came out as gender non-conforming. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and if you notice, mm-hmm. like, if you look at his IG and you see what, you know, a lot of things that he does, you can tell uh, that he definitely um, loves to go outside the box mm-hmm. and he's being his true self. Like, he'll wear a pair of heels. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's what I'm talking about. And what really pisses me off because we have people that are no longer here anymore but we have people that have been pushing boundaries that are not only of color but people who are white for a long mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. and no one challenged them no one talked mm-hmm. about them prince mm-hmm. wore heels mm-hmm. yeah. chaps mm-hmm. connected to the heels mm-hmm. rihanna was not the first person to work with Manolo blanc mm-hmm. and make a heel that was made into a chap mm-hmm. prince was doing them back in the mm-hmm. day while doing six hour concerts so, no one sat there and said that. I mean, Prince would be like, I'll take your bitch. Mm-hmm. And what mm-hmm. you gonna say? Mm-hmm. He's on like five feet something with these sickening heels. Yeah. And even like, we have rappers too, like Young Thug. Um, he's been known to oh, yeah. wear, you know. His heels. album cover was, yeah. yeah and like, he had like a lavender dress. Right. And he's been he's been known to do like that gender bending type of um, fat, make those gender bending fashion statements and like ASAP Rocky. We have a few people, especially in the black community, who were just like looking differently. We're like, okay, Miss Fashion, like what what do we have to say now? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Kanye West outside the, the box. Pharrell's yeah. outside the box. Yeah. You know, he's the first, like, I will, you know, I mean, you can go back and forth with Kanye West. But the whole point of it, as I do admire the fact that he sticks true to his thoughts, whatever mm-hmm. they may be, but he has a style that is very unique. Mm-hmm. Because I remember seeing a lot of his early music, his early mm-hmm. career, when he was just starting to collaborate with Jay-Z and all these other Yeah, he only people. wore polo shirts. Like, he, he would literally make, yeah. like, because uh, a guy I used to intern yeah. for used to actually drive him and John Legend around, and they would have to go to Macy's every single day so he can get a new Ralph Lauren polo shirt. A polo and a backpack. Polo backpack, yeah. blazer. He used to wear those jeans, Louis Vuitton backpacks, mm-hmm. and all those things, you know? Yeah. So he really has stepped outside his box, and he's like, you know what? I'm black, and I'm unapologetic, and I am who the fuck I am, and I'm going to have to sit there and prove my sexuality because I decided to put a skirt on or a pair of heels, mm-hmm. you know, or wear my hair a certain way. I don't give a shit about how you think, mm-hmm. you know? And that's, that's we need more strong people like that mm-hmm. to sit there 
necessary to say that because mm-hmm. the black community in particular loves, and it's the history of the country, but it's just how we've been bred to think and how we are religiously slam one another. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We just slam, slam one another because we don't understand one another. For sure. Or mm-hmm. Don't get it. Or don't want to ask. Mm-hmm. Right. Know, don't want to ask questions about what is it, you know? Yeah. Or try to figure things out. Yeah. Um, what else? We have we have that. Oh, guys in the room. How has your aesthetic or your look or style changed over the years from or you know from seeing these different trends? Oh boy. I used to. Um, I think everybody else when they were wearing baggy pants, I was like wearing like thirty eight. Damn. Yeah, I was, People used to ask me when I started to change my clothes and actually start wearing. I went from wearing like thirty sixes and thirty eights, and then moved to like thirty fours that were still too big for me. And then finally, when I started wearing pants that actually fit for me or just mm-hmm. had a little bit more space or were like a little bit tighter, a lot of people be like, "You used to be fat, didn't you?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "No." Nah, you used to be fat. Like, this frame underneath will still the wrong, bitch. Don't get nothing twisted, okay? So, yeah, it took a long time for me to be, like, even it was out of style for a while not to be wearing baggy pants, but it's like, I was comfortable with it because also you get comfortable with, and you're told as a guy you're not supposed to, like, show any parts of your body, you know what I mean? Unless you're, like, a bodybuilder and you want to show off your arms or something like that and you do it in a certain way. Yeah. And so, um... And colors, too. I remember growing up and, like, there's certain colors that you just don't do. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's gay. Why are you wearing you don't that do color? Those colors? Mother, like, oh, and based on skin tone, yep. you don't do certain colors. And so, growing up, especially um, when I was, like, in middle school, I remember we would go back to school shopping and I would get, like, all blue because I was like, we can't afford for me to have a whole bunch of different colors because I ain't got a whole bunch of shoes and stuff to coordinate mm-hmm. with it. So, I would have, like, all blue and then when I got older and I was able to buy my own clothes, it was like brown, blue, white, and black. And so like now I have more colors in my closet than I ever have. Mm-hmm. And but they're still like I hear family members they're like, Mm-mm, I don't wear red. I'm too dark to wear red yeah. or I don't do horrible. this color because of it. Yeah. It's horrible. It's definitely I know exactly how you feel with that. Um I grew up kind of like a kid. I do thank my mom a lot because my mom <laughs> My mama always allowed me to be my true self, my authentic self, um, even if she didn't know I was gay at the time. Like, it mm-hmm. didn't have nothing to do with that. It was just more so of self-expression because I grew up as an artist. Mm-hmm. So I used to draw and paint and, and do everything. And um, I, my style changed a lot, honestly, because I went from, like, I don't know, wearing plaid, bugle boy. If you're a 90s kid, you know exactly what bugle boy and yeah, fubu baby. and... God, I looked a hot mess. Um, going from that to, I was an emo kid. So mm. I used to wear a lot of black, and I used to wear, you know, the elephant pants, the ones oh, that switch. You know what they are? With them and shit on the side. <laughs> yes, I wore the chains. <laughs> I was into the skulls. I was, I mm. went through a, a big metamorphosis. Yeah, but I was, that topic got your money that year. Let me it? tell you something. It is so <laughs> funny. It's so funny that you said that, because a friend of mine that came out years later after we finished high school, um, made a joke to me recently, and he was like, he used to clean it out high top and hit me. <laughs> I said, fuck you, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, yes the fuck I did. But anyway, they were sitting But, um, yeah, I was an emo kid. I, I went through a lot of different phases, and I went through, you know, wearing plaid, kind of like that American Eagle look, uh-huh. to yeah. emo, wearing black, skulls. Then I went to, like, the Disney Channel phase where it was a little bit of everything. I would use to mismatch colors. Mm-hmm. It was a hot mess. I, I really didn't find my style until probably the last 
six or seven years. Mm -hmm. Honestly, probably the past six or seven years, I kind of found out what worked for me and mm -hmm. went from there. Um, and I, I found kind of like this medium of streetwear versus high fashion. Mm -hmm. And I found out, you know, things you could do. You could do a all black shirt with a V-neck and wear a blazer. You know, and the blazer can be the most expensive part of it. Have one accessory that's like an investment, and the rest is budget. Yeah. You know, so my style has changed a lot, but yeah. I didn't feel a lot of pressure from home to perform or look a certain way. Yeah. I think the only time it came up is maybe when I was in, um, well, in middle school, because we had to do, say like it was, yellow shirts with the uh, the khakis, mm -hmm. but at one point they was like, oh well, you can pick a different color shirt. So I wanted to do the pink shirts because it was, at the time, the trendiest thing was pink shirts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cameron you know, dips that. Yeah. Cameron, yeah. yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? He wants to take y'all back in history, okay? okay. You bad honey. So I, I wanted them, and my mom was like, I don't know how I feel about you with a pink shirt. Yeah. And she never kind of explained it, but at the end of the day, she still allowed me to do it. Mm -hmm. um, so I appreciate her for just allowing me to be me, and I feel incredibly hard for, you know for people who don't have that type of support regardless if you don't understand why this person is doing it mm -hmm. at least give them an opportunity to feel it out for themselves mm -hmm. yeah. you know don't restrict your kids because you you don't you're not comfortable mm -hmm. you know yeah. but honestly my my style has changed so much over the yeah. years so much and I got made fun of I mean that's probably another thing you probably can you know mm -hmm. you know talk about um, being called a white kid in school Mm. Yeah. being called Oreo oh you're smart you read the books you actually know history well that's what the fuck you're supposed to do you're it's in school in school <laughs> yeah. it's all school you're in the English language okay you pronunciate <laughs> you know I mean yeah. I'm not doing anything any more different than the next person should but there's some type of jealousy or some type of envy because because you're doing it considerably the right way mm -hmm. and then maybe aspects of you are a little bit different and they don't get you mm -hmm. so they attack you you know, so yeah, I was a Disney Channel kid. I love Disney Channel. Mm -hmm. I love Taylor Duff. Mm -hmm. I love Justin McCartney. Uh -huh. He is still husband. Um, <laughs> oh yes, I'm going to see him. It's going to be Rams head by the Ooh. way. What? Oh yes, you a real Rams fan. Head. I am. Oh, yeah. I had Beautiful Soul. I had right. the first uh -huh. album and from there on, I had every album. <laughs> and yeah. then I but, realized. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Uh, realizing like. And you talking about, like, your timeline of your styles, just how much your clothes tell so much about you. And I remember in wearing big clothes, part of, like, what I was saying was, like, actually don't look at me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm Ooh, not sure what wow. I want. I'm not sure how confident I am. Yeah. I don't want people, I got so tired of people being like, oh, you're so skinny. And, like, it's like, no, nah, just don't look at me, right? That and then to be mind, able to yeah. move and be like, oh, I actually find what I want to wear without mm -hmm. all the voices in my head and what other people are telling me to wear, what actually works for me. Yeah. Yeah. Because as we got older, you know, I, I, I know for me, I started seeing more people, not just people of color, but just people like guys where they were living in their truth yeah. and they were starting to work things to kind of work for them. And I said, I like that. I like yeah. that look. Yeah. Like when I started seeing Kanye polish up more, mm -hmm. I was like, man, I was like high school. I was like early high school and he started like the come up was real. And I saw his look and I was like, I really want to do a two-tone fucking blazer with a polo. Mm -hmm. I want this. So, mm -hmm. And I, stu I stuck with it. But I found what worked for me because I finally saw representation. Mm -hmm. 
And that's the most important. I think as black men, as black people in general, we don't always see that representation. Mm-hmm. You know, so we just literally have ourselves yeah. to kind of figure out, okay, well, what the fuck do we do from here? Yeah. You yeah. know, aesthetically. And it's difficult. It's yeah. difficult. It's hard. It's a journey. And then on top of that, you get slammed by all these other people. This exterior noise. Yeah. These people saying, you're not black enough. You know, you may, you may be black, but you're not black enough. Yeah. You know, that's it's a good observation. Yeah. For real. Yeah. Um, I wanted to add in mine because I went through an evolution of more on the fast fashion side. Mm -hmm. And now I'm just like, I used to be so cheap, y'all. Like, I used to be so cheap. (laughs) Really? Go in Forever 21 and run that $20. (laughs) (laughs) You feel me? (laughs) All right. Come on, Black Friday. All right. Okay. So, but now I'm not as big of a fan of the fast fashion. Like, I'm going to keep mine real brief, but I've grown into um, more of a, a simple aesthetic for myself. Like, I've always been very big with, like, patterns and, like, um, accessories and stuff like that. Like, I love jewelry. I wear jewelry um, or accessories, like hair scarves or hats and stuff like that or shoes. So now, like... I've moved out of like the Forever Twenty One, the Delias, like H and M, exactly like Aeropostale, wow. like that type of fast fashion. Indeed. And now I'm like, like when I when I go shopping or if I shop online, like I'm gonna spend bread on the stuff that I know is gonna last me because I'm not buying this shit forever. Mm. You know, I don't want to be like doing all these different trends. And when my grandmother was living, the one who was you know in her nineties. Like, she would always... I would always see her in, like, some of the same dresses and, like, outfits that she's worn in, like, different pictures from, like, 20 years ago. And she... Like, my grandmother literally schooled me. It was just, like, when you have a piece that's of great quality, you hold Mm -hmm. on to it and you take care of it. Mm -hmm. Like, I literally remember this pink... Like, this, like, pink dress that she had with, like, um, big white diamonds, like cascaded across the chest she has it in one of the last pictures I took with her mm-hmm. like one of the pictures I have with her and my grandfather like she she was not playing with that like mm-hmm. she, when she found her quality piece she would go she would keep it and you know all she would have to do is make little alterations like if she lost weight or like gained weight and stuff like that but she, she definitely schooled me on that and that's when I readjusted and was like yeah you're right like why am I spending this money, the money I don't have to try to look trendy and cute and stuff, this trend not even going to be around in 10 or like 5 mm, or right. next year and I'm going to look stupid, you know mm. what I'm saying? Like, Brian, you're going through your whole history of the fashion trends that you tried and like, where are they now clothes? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, where All are they that now? money went down the drain. Yeah, mm. because like, some of this shit just don't last and it's cute to be on trend and stuff, but like that's exactly what these marketers and these ads ad executives they want they want you to spend that money on that fast shit mm-hmm. just because the the quality is not is not going to be the same like you go in H&M mm-hmm. and you go in Forever 21 mm-hmm. and you spend your 20 and you right. go home you wash the shit you can't even wear it the next time because yeah. it just shrunk the yeah. fabric is like peeling or like the threads are loose or something like that so I've changed my aesthetic where I'm looking more at quality rather than how much money I'm spending if my if I've got a hundred dollars to blow 
I might buy a pair of really good jeans with that whole hundred just because mm-hmm. I know it might last me. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Or I might try to split it if I see a sale because you know I fucks with the whole sale system. Okay? <laughs> a bitch could coupon for days off some fashion, alright? <laughs> so, yeah. So, my fashion journey is a little bit interesting because I, I feel like I was a late bloomer. Like, as a child, I love fashion. I actually used to hand sew clothes for my Barbies. Wow. And Yo, I would, that's I, would so sketch, cute. I would sketch it out like there's a video of me saying when I was nine years old at my at my at my elementary school graduation that my goal was to be a fashion designer. I would sketch stuff and be like, "Mom, can you take this to Toys R Us so they can send it to Barbie?" Like I used to love fashion, and as a kid, my aunts would like make clothes for me, um, custom things that were really cute that I loved. Um, but my parents were super cheap, even though we could afford it. My dad's thought was, you are growing and growing so fast. I don't want to invest in expensive pieces if you're just going to grow out of it. So, and then in elementary and middle school, I wore uniforms and I didn't like, even when I volunteered during the summer, I was volunteering. So I was wearing sweats because I was volunteering at my elementary school in the lunchroom with kids and messy and I didn't want to dirty any good clothes. Then once I got to high school, I went to an all-girl high school, so I only cared when we had events. So I would buy outfits for certain things, but I went to school with jeans, a t-shirt, and my hair in a ponytail. Like, I didn't see the purpose of it, mm-hmm. and that was just my whole aesthetic. Like, I didn't, I cared, but not really. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was, for me, it was all about my shoes, but I didn't want to get expensive shoes because I knew my dad would never buy me a pair of Jordans, I would have, you know, shellhead Adidas, I would have the all whites, all white Nikes, mm-hmm. I might get all black, I might do a black and white, but I never really did a color, because I didn't want to spend money, what I like to call senselessly, because my parents kind of instilled that into me, like I didn't buy my first pair of Jordans until I was 25, and I still had them, and I still thought they were a waste of money, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. But once I got to college, I went to a PWI where it was mostly on shoes, not clothes. So being a student at Towson, we wore sweats, we wore t-shirts, and most of those t-shirts were free. Yep. Like I wore V-necks and jeans, and I had, you know, I started venturing out into kicks. That's when pastries was out, so I was buying pastries. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. We gonna go there. Just because Boy. they were colorful, because women's tennis shoes sucked. You know, I would buy boys tennis shoes because they were cheaper and I could still fit them. And then once I got out of college, I'm like, I have so many V-necks. This is ridiculous because I didn't party. (laughs) I didn't really have club clothes. Like, that wasn't me, you know. And then once I graduated from college, I would literally tell, like, Chantel, like, I need to go shopping. Mm -hmm. Like, we used to, even with those summer youth work checks, I'm like, oh, I'll buy, like, five pairs of jeans. I'll go to Walmart. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, oh, I'll just buy, like, two pairs of tennis shoes. It wasn't until I started making my own money that I started venturing out a little bit in terms of my fashion. And I even still feel like I'm still kind of developing because I do buy those quick. I, I don't shop based off of trends. Mm-hmm. I buy it if I like it. Mm-hmm. But I know myself well enough to know that, I'm not going to wear this but so many times. So it's so it for me, I would buy throwaway fashions just because I know I'm only going to get two wears out of it mm-hmm. and then I'm on to the next. 
because now I have a shopping problem. <laughs> That's how this shit starts too, though. Yeah, seriously. So you know, it's like I I do thrift. I do buy those pieces mm-hmm. that are gonna last and upcycle. And again, I am starting to sew. So and I do look to people like I've always been like, oh my gosh, Shani, that necklace. Where did you get it from? Like, you know, or, I, you know, I do look at people and I'm like, okay, cool. That's cute. I like that style. Mm-hmm. Like, especially with the BuzzFeed girls, because I felt like everybody else was so basic. Mm-hmm. So, like, Quinta. Jasmine. Qu- yeah, so or, Quinta, um, Devin. Like, I I absolutely love Devin's style. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I never thought about doing that. So, it's like, now I'm starting to, like, take those risks in terms of fashion. Because mm-hmm. now I feel like I'm at a place where I shop for work. And now that I'm doing more events, I'm like, okay, I want to get mm-hmm. more high fashion pieces into it. And mm-hmm. I'm still kind of on my journey. Um, but that's just kind of where I am. So it's like coordinating everything, having a more well-rounded wardrobe. Because I went from having two or three pairs of shoes to now having over 100. Yep. Oh, girl. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Like, like that. no games. Yeah. And you know, I'm the queen of the discount. I used to work at Payless. BOGO plus my discount. <laughs> <laughs> Run that K-Lass. Oh, God. Like, you need something? Let me know. They're going out of business. They have 50% right now. Yeah. Rest in peace, Payless. (laughs) Okay, so I want to wrap it up. Is there anything else that anyone wants to add to this conversation that you think would be important? Because, I mean, this is a long conversation for sure. And we could keep going forever. Mm -hmm. But, like, we might have to break this up into another show one day. But... I liked I liked it. We had a good, interesting conversation. We kind of like we kind of got in the therapist's office a little bit though. We did. Shoot. Yeah. Come on, Phil. Uh, <laughs> on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, nothing else. Well, I just think overall, you know, love yourself. Um, cherish the journey that you're going through, no matter how difficult or easy to you it may seem. Um, and don't you know? It's harder to say and do, but really try to take time and look at the reflection of yourself and see what you feel is your purpose, mm-hmm. regardless of what people are saying. Because there's always going to be somebody that's going to challenge the way you look, the way you think, how you feel. But that's part of life. You know, it makes you stronger. So I would I would just say love yourself and just take time for you. That's the biggest thing. Classmates, classmates, get out your pen and paper and get ready to take down your homework. Okay, so now it's time for the homework portion. So, who wants to go first and plug their homework for the kids? So, this week I have BeautyCon coming up. And my goal, because with BeautyCon they do focus on uh, beauty companies that are like run by people of color. And to give them more of an opportunity. Um, so, even if... Because it's sold out. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, once they released that Cardi B was going to be there the second day. And oh, take us like 30 gone. bucks. They were gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, my homework actually for the audience <laughs> is, you know, pay attention to their stream. Learn about some companies that you may not have learned about before. Um, because there are a lot of black-owned beauty companies that are out there that we may not even know about. So even starting to give them a chance, um, that way we can kind of start circulating those dollars. Homework for myself, I haven't seen Us yet, and I want to go see it at the Black-Owned Theater in Rice's Town. I saw the article, yeah. 
So mm-hmm. over the next couple of weeks, that's for me because I feel like a lot of times with these movies, we want to support them, but we don't. And I've recently seen a lot of people complain about their movie theater prices, but to me, they're honestly the same as the, same as like the regular AMC movie theater. Yeah. Like, you're not going to get a homie discount just because movie tickets are expensive yeah. in general. They're Sorry, called New Age Cinema, right? I think that's what the the movie theater is. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, we were just saying we needed to see it again. Yeah. We should do a field trip. Us. Oh my God, yes. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet at all. Okay. So okay. I guess that's part of my homework, too. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I, I think my homework, because um, I'm doing a lot of things. A lot of people don't know, but I also do drag entertainment on the side. And I've been an entertainer for seven years. Um, and one of the biggest things that I think, particularly in Baltimore, is that we talk about pride in general, particularly in the summer, but we don't highlight black pride. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something that's more acknowledged in D.C. Mm-hmm. than in Baltimore and in Maryland. Um, and I just want to have people out there to kind of research and find more black queer people that are, are in entertainment, that are from Baltimore or live in Baltimore, mm-hmm. and give them a shout out and acknowledge them. Because we don't really get the love that we deserve for pride. Mm-hmm. You know, it's more so like, oh, let's get drunk and have pride flags. And that's what I feel like it's kind of come down to. And I think it's a little sad and unfortunate. But we we can get back to a, a, a better narrative. Yeah. When is Baltimore's Black Pride? Is it September? Something like that. I gotta I gotta look it back up. I know it's right. definitely, it's it's so far apart from the general. Yeah, because yeah, the general pride. is general, general pride. pride. Yeah. I think yeah. the other one's like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. gotta give him a shout out. Give him some love. Yeah. Okay. You want to go or you want me to go? I'll go okay. and then let you wrap it up. Um, so mine was um, from Famous, who we shouted out in the beginning uh, for one of our postings on our IG this week. And so I assumed that he was going to be one of those Instagram celebrities who just does a whole bunch of covers of people. Mm-hmm. But his voice actually sounds like that. He yep. sounds very similar to Tony Braxton. Um, and I actually liked his mixtape that came out. I think that was the end of last year. Um, so you should check it out. It's on iTunes, oh, um, nice. Spotify. Yeah, official. Um, yeah, unfortunately, he's not on title. I told him about that in the comments. I hope he <laughs> listens. But you should check out his album. It sounds good. Um, he's got the song called 90s R&B that I think is the single. And then Ooh. he's got like a few other songs on there that are really good. And like we were talking about, it kind of has like the 90s vibe. And he's okay. actually singing and... It's wild how much he sounds like Tony, and it's like no, that's it's just insane, his voice. isn't it? Yeah, but voice. I really wanted like Tony Braxton to like, come back. You know, she mumbles. It really, it really sound like Tony Braxton was on the Tatiana yeah. remake. Yeah, that shit was lit though. I was crying, and you know, he did a cover of "Work" by Rihanna. Oh, I didn't hear that one. He did a cover. He did this a while back, and it went okay. viral too. So it's okay. kind of like this now, and then people forget and they come oh, back okay. again. So he did work by Rihanna. Um, he did formation with Beyonce too. Okay. Oh, so he's he's true. known to do several artists, but he always goes back to Tony, and it is absolutely insane. I, I love, love him. Tony Braxton though. Um. Oh, mine. So we have I Slay the podcast here, but I wanted to introduce you guys to another podcast that I love, Michelle. Um, who recorded with us for a previous episode? Her brother and sister in law have a podcast, Nathaniel and Faith Cole, and it's called These Three Remain. Um, It's a podcast about faith, hope, love, and everything in between. I love this podcast, guys. Um, Normally, it ranges from, like, what, 15 minutes to 45 minutes, kind of short, 
but in it, um, it's faith-based, and they're talking about different things that happened in their relationship and relating it to faith, hope, and love. And they are just so smart and so thoughtful, and I love I love listening to this podcast. So I definitely wanted to shout them out, and I told them I was going to shout them out because I'm so proud of them. Um, so please, like, go find them and listen to them. Um, I have them on Spotify, but I think they're on iTunes. Um, they release, I think, every other week. It's called These Three Remain. So search for them. Okay. And subscribe. Do they have IG? Um, I don't know. Damn, I should find that out. Yeah, too. let's find out. Come on, homework. I know. <laughs> I, know. I mean, look, y'all can do y'all research too. <laughs> you skip number seven. <laughs> right. Y'all can do y'all research I used to too. do that in school. I skipped something that I don't know and hope that they wouldn't mark it wrong. <laughs> then you go back and you fill out whichever one you think is good. But um oh, and there's another one. My best friend is having an event for her thirtieth birthday. She's having a pop up. Um hey, yeah, Desi. a pop up shop. Yeah, Desi. And it is on Saturday, April 6th at 12, it's from 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. at 2114 North Charles Street in Baltimore. So I hope you guys have some free time or, you know, you can come and check it out. But she has homemade, I'm like, not homemade, but like handmade earrings, jewelry, clothes, like, and then she has a few other vendors um, that'll be there helping to sell stuff. So she's having a, a 30th birthday celebration pop-up shop to and it's like, quality oh, i bought an infinity scar from her it's yeah. amazing her stuff is it. amazing so i wanted to shout her out and you know let y'all let y'all know that she having that pop-up shop that's come through that's i'll that's be fun. there you'll see me just don't harass me <laughs> <laughs> please don't no, harass me pictures darling please or just to say, like, girl, shut up, you know? <laughs> so we have an official podcast. It's isolate underscore pod. It's pod, right? I'm being... Yes. I thought so. I'm um, making sure. Um, there's so many things to remember. Um, on my IG, you can do Brian, B-R-Y-N underscore the Amaze. That's my formal IG. Um, and Twitter, you should find me as Brian Amaze. Okay. And you can find me on Instagram at underscore Celeste. That is C-E-L-I-S-S-E underscore. And again, our Instagram is at Islay underscore pod. Um, you can find us on SoundCloud, Islay the podcast. And then we are working on Google Play and Apple Podcasts. But right now we're on SoundCloud. So just follow us. We'll keep you updated because Apple will be playing games. Yeah, they try to show us no love and they try to show us no club. <laughs> <laughs> dope, dope, dope. And to stay in contact with No Class Podcast, you can visit us on um, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and Facebook and IG at No Class Podcast. If you want to go in those Twitter, in the Twitter alley, you can go to no underscore cla- get class whole, podcast. Get a whole alley out here. Get a whole alley. And then if you want to email us, you can do the no.classpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you all. Thank you all for listening again. We will see you on the next episode. Stay hydrated, melanated, and glowed up. <laughs>